It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Eight oh six on a Saturday morning. Can I get a little love from my audience out here? Can I get a little? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, good. Just so y'all know that we are here at the Cobb Galleria for the 38th annual Spring Atlanta Home Show. Crowd already gathering here, knowing that if they get here before nine o'clock, you get into the home show for free. All you have to know is the password: reliable at the front gate. And you get in, see a little bit of the Lawn and Garden Show, see a little bit of the Home Fix It Show, and then into the home show you go. I will recommend, again, highly, the Marshmallow Bed from Mattress Firm. Don't miss that. That is one of the best parts of the whole show, and there will be people there saying, don't pull me out of this bed because it is so comfortable, which is how Walter was a few minutes ago when he went and laid on that Marshmallow Bed. There is the, there's got to be a name for that place back there that has a little booth that has the vibrating weight loss exercise system, and it has a little platform that vibrates. It makes your Ladies, if you have large hips, it will make those hips jump all over creation. I'll just say that. So the Vibra thing back there is something interesting you should check out. Uh, there are all sorts of booths and things to take care of your home fix-it needs, the windows and the doors and the gutters and the spas and the things like that. You've got insurance folks, you've got the uh, other uh, people who have uh, financial products as well. This is a great place to come to. The, 38th annual home show at the Cobb Gallery will be here broadcasting me, Dave Baker, Belinda Skelton will be here as well all afternoon. Let's go to the phones. Who we got in line here? We got uh, Sarah. Sarah's in Loganville and Sarah joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sarah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, I just wanted to get an answer to a question. In my lawn, we, we've been noticing that there are um, holes like you had aerated through the yard. Yeah. Um, that are a little bit smaller than a dime. Um, I know it's some kind of bug, but I don't know what, so I don't know how to treat it. And I mm. was wondering if you could help me with that. Now, why do you think it's a bug? What do you see? Because there's lots of them. Um, most of them don't have mounds on them. There's like a few of them scattered that might have yeah. like, um, which I think are ants, um, that have little dots that cover like like a tiny tiny little mound around them but most of them are just holes but you do you see a literal hole into the ground the size of a pencil perhaps in that little tiny spot um some are a little bit bigger than that but yeah they and they're pretty deep do me a favor before you absolutely are convinced that this is a bug sarah i want you to go out take a little lawn chair just something to sit on out there in the lawn and just sit for a minute and watch and i'll tell you why i want you to do that in my front yard i was just so proud and happy this past two or three days to see that the ground bees had arrived and by arrived that means they started hatching out of the ground where they have their little nest and they make a little tunnel kind of thing where they lay their eggs in the spring but ground bees are one of the first and earliest and most beneficial pollinator insects of the whole summertime pollinator series and I have blueberries that are blooming right now and the ground bees are going and pollinating my blueberries so if these are ground bees and you will tell if I tell you to sit out by the lawn for just a few minutes you can see them hovering 
The male ground bees will hover over the ground. They do not have a stinger, Sarah. Do not be scared of them. They don't sting at all. And so okay. the male ground bees will hover over the ground, just darting back and forth. You can walk amongst them. They can't sting. And um, if you see these ground bees there, I would leave them alone because they're very, very valuable pollinators. If, on the other hand, you sit out there and you say, I haven't seen a darn thing. What's that man talking about? There's no bees out here. Then it could be just something as simple as birds that peck. Robins right now are pecking the ground to get worms and things out of it. Um, there's got to be, you know, two or three other creatures besides insects that might have made those holes. But I think five minutes sitting by the side of the lawn may give you a whole lot of information, Sarah. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and remember, if it's ground bees, it's a sin to kill a ground bee. Don't forget oh. that. Well, I know bees are important, so <laughs> they I... They are indeed. <laughs> Thank Do you. Do your best. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling, Sarah. We've got uh, Betty. Betty's in Monroe, and she's on the air with us right this minute. Hey, Betty, good morning. Good morning. I have a Professor Sergeant Camellia that has always bloomed like it's supposed to. This year, the bloom is a rose purpley color. Yeah. The bloom itself doesn't even resemble a Professor Sergeant. What's going on? It has sported, would be my guess. Sported is a horticultural term which says a plant has a parent somewhere back in its heritage that had a purple bloom on it. Well, good. I'll sell it back to and become a millionaire. Oh, yeah, if it's a pretty bloom, you sure can. Well, it's, a, it's a beautiful bloom. Yeah. Oh, I'll well. tell you what to do. I'll give you something you can do and, and know exactly whether it's worth anything or not, Betty. Sure, I'll do that. My friend Mark Crawford is the owner of Lock Laurel, L-O-C-H-L-A-U-R-E-L, Lock Laurel Camellia Nursery down in Valdosta. And if you can take a picture of this uh, pretty purple bloom on your camellia, then he and send it down there to Mark. Say, Mark Crawford, what is this thing? Is it worth anything to you? And mm. he'll tell you, yes, it is, or no, it's not. Oh, okay. That, that sounds good. It is a lovely bloom. It's not... Uh it's not double, uh, yeah. ultra double like the Professor Sergeant is. It's not right. the fire engine red. It's like a rose pink, and the petals are pointed on on the ends of each of them wow. and lay flat. Lock Laurel, L-O-C-H-L-A-U-R-E-L, Lock Laurel Camellia Nursery. That's who you find. I'm going to contact him. All right. Tell Mark I said hey. Thank you. Bye. Our number is 404-872-0750 on a Saturday morning. Who comes up next? we got Robert in Buford, Georgia, joining us on Lawn and Garden. Robert, hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. How can I help? Well, I recently bought a bunch of rose bushes, and I want to know if I can mulch around them with pine needles or what is the best mulch to put around them. Let me, let me uh, take a tangent here, Robert, for you, because I know that there are myths, and this is really the truth, it is a myth that pine needles acidify the soil. And pine needles do not acidify the soil. Oak leaves do not acidify the soil. Wood chips do not, or pine chips do not acidify the soil. Have I told you enough about not acidifying the soil? Yes, and Drew. So putting pine straw around the roses would be fine. No problem in the least. 
That's it. That's wonderful. That's it. That's it. I, Nothing to it. See, that was a quick answer, and I told you all you need to know. How about a second question? I'll give you a bonus second question here, Robert. <laughs> Thank you, sir, but I don't have one. All right, then I'll give you some information just because I'm not charging anything for this this morning. One of the best things you can do on rose care, because as you probably know, roses get various diseases. They get early blight and they get various budworms and things like that. One of the best things you can do is to fertilize and feed and protect roses with one of the three-in-one rose care products. I know Bayer makes one, Bonide makes one as well. Um, but look at the garden centers, go to Pike and look for the three-in-one products. It has a disease preventer, an insecticide, and a fertilizer in it, all in the same uh, bottle. And you could use those on roses starting now and then regularly throughout the summertime. And you have much, much, much less worry about diseases in particular that can attack roses. Well, sir, I will take care of that this weekend. All right, then good for you. Get on to it. All right, thank you. Our number 404 And then for the general audience out there, here's another bit of rose interest that you might be take to the bank about. Rose rosette virus. Boy, is that a bad thing to have on your roses. And it's noticeable right now. That's why I want to bring it out right this minute. If you have roses and you notice the new growth on the rose comes out very Broomy is the best way to describe it. Lots of little sprouts at the ends of the branches. And that broominess is red. I mean, it is really, really red. Not purple like a normal rose would look, but red, red, red. Lots of thorns up and down the stem. And just doesn't look right. Looks unhealthy, sort of malformed, and the buds tip over at the ends of the branches. That is rose rosette virus. And it is not curable. The only thing that cures it is a shovel and you take the rose that's affected with rose rosette virus, dig it up, put it in a bag because it has mites on it which spread the disease from your rose to your neighbor's rose or to other roses in the landscape and you put it in a bag and put it by the street and let the garbage man come and get it because you don't want those roses spreading the mites to other people in the neighborhood who have roses out there. But rose rosette virus, a very virulent disease on roses. It affects all roses, knockouts and climbing roses and everything else. And so if you notice it on your roses, dig the rose up. You cannot cure it by pruning it out. Dig the rose up, get rid of it, get it out of here. Nobody wants rose rosette virus in their landscape. Got me? All right. Coming up in the next half hour, we've got, let's see, Chris is in Roswell, wants to talk about how to treat for ambrosia beetles. Bless his heart. Greg in Kennesaw has moss growing his Bermuda lawn. Jerry has a Nelly. Stevens Holly needs a little advice on that. And we have all sorts of things we can talk about. But right now it's 817. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, truck mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. At 824, don't forget this afternoon, I should say this morning, the... Grow Your Own Herbs class at All Pike Nursery starts at 9 o'clock. We'll give you a little preview of that right now, but Mickey Gazaway will be with me in just a minute. Full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes. A reminder that it is going to be chilly Monday and Tuesday. Ackerman Security brings you a little quick update that's going to be in the 70s. Thunderstorms here and there throughout the day. It's going to be a real pretty day. Otherwise, lows tonight in the low 40s. Kirk will get to us in about 10 minutes. And 
for information about what to do if you have some worries about those plants, tender plants that you planted the last two or three days when it was 82 degrees two or three days ago, you need to cover them Monday and Tuesday. If things go down to the mid to low 30s, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to cover things, although I don't think a lot of plants will be hurt. But if it gets to anything below 32 degrees, there's a possibility those little tomatoes and begonias and things like that might be hurt. Covering them all the way to the ground is the key. Trying to keep ground heat, earth heat, soil heat underneath your box or your sheet or your floating row cover, frost cloth, whatever you use. But you're trying to keep that 65, 60 degrees, 65 degrees soil heat in there protecting your plants. That's how you keep them from being hurt too much by the cold weather that's approaching. Chris is in Roswell. Let's get real quickly in here with the ambrosia beetles. Chris, what you got? Good morning. How you Good doing? Good morning. Doing fine. Uh, Last year I had ambrosia beetles in my beautiful crape myrtles. I cut out the affected limbs and managed to save the tree. Good. Uh, is there a systemic treatment I can use to get rid of those things? Should they try to come in here again? No. Uh, the best you can do is to spray the crepe myrtles around there right now with any of the garden insecticides, for lack of a better word. The one that works best seems to me, it has a thrin at the end of the name. There's bifenthrin, there's cyclohalothrin. So anything that has a thrin at the end of the active ingredient chemical name, that works the best. But spray the trunks of your crepe myrtles. Figs have had uh, ambrosia beetles before. I'm sure there are others, but they're flying right now looking for your crepe myrtle to infest again, Chris. So now would be a good time to preventatively spray something that has the last name of Thrin as active ingredient. B-R-Y-N? T-H-R-I-N, Thrin. G-H-R-I-N, Cyclothrin. Ten, like T-H-R-I-N, Thrin. Great. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. For other folks out there who don't know what Asian ambrosia beetle is, it's the it's the beetle that makes the toothpicks. You've heard me talk about toothpicks in the summertime when people have crepe myrtles like crests and figs and Japanese maples and other trees. They say, I've got these toothpicks coming out of the trunk. What is that? That is the Asian ambrosia beetle. The female bores in. She pushes the pushes the sawdust out behind her to make a toothpick. They're so deep into the trunk by that time that no insecticide can reach them. That's why the best way to prevent them is to spray insecticide now when they're flying and looking for some place to make their little home for during the summertime. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. The Pike Pick of the Weekend comes up in about six minutes from now. We'll have a conversation with Mickey Gazaway, Gazaway from Pike Nursery. We'll be back right after news. Shine. We take a walk. The sun is shining down. Burns my feet as they touch the ground. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Now, now we're here. Now we got an audience. Folks at the... Folks at the Cobb Galleria helping me to celebrate the 38th annual Spring Atlanta Home Show. They're getting here before 9 o'clock. 
If you get here before 9 o'clock, you get into the home show for free. When it starts up at 10, you get to see an hour of this show, an hour of Dave Baker's show from 9 to 10. And we get to enjoy this great home show afterwards for free. Our friend Mickey Gazaway from Pike Nursery joins us this morning. Hey, Mickey, good morning. Hey, Walter, how are you? It sounds like y'all are having fun. We are having fun talking all sorts of questions here. And you know, Mickey, you've been with me before on remote broadcasts at Pike that the audience makes at least 75% of the whole oh, morning sure. entertaining. So much fun. They ask great questions. We laugh, we talk, we tell jokes, we uh, <laughs> do all sorts of stuff here. So that's what we're doing, having a good time. Well, what I'm about you? you are. What's happening at Pike? Well, today we're having our herb class at 9 o'clock, which, of course, herbs are my passion, so yeah, I love course. that. Yeah. And um, we're doing, and then we're grilling hot dogs today. Get out of here. Dogs. Yeah, from 11 to 1 or as long as they last. Uh-huh. And so you can come over and eat lunch with us. Grab a hot dog, put some herb. Well, I guess you're not giving the herbs away there to um, yeah, well, put on the hot dogs, <laughs> but you at least learn about them at 9 o'clock this morning. That's right. Yeah, sure. But our most important task of the day is to announce what is on sale for 20% off at all Pike Nurseries, and what would that be? Camellias. Oh, man, what a great choice. Oh, I know. And they have been so pretty this year. And yeah. They've lasted so long. Yeah. Really been pretty. Terrific. And so Sasanquas and Japonicas, and some of them still in bloom, I'm sure, there at the yeah. nursery. And uh, the reds and the pinks and the whites and the, all the different colors of camellia. There's heart that you can't have a southern garden without a camellia oh, I don't in think it. So. You got to have a gardenia and you got to have a camellia. If you have the two of those, you're going to have pleasure throughout the year. That's exactly and right. And you can choose different varieties that bloom at different times. So you bet camellias, gardenias, you know, camellias. Some of, them, some of them do in the sun and some do in the shade too. Yeah, so sure, so. sure. And they make great screening plants. You have a great big camellia that makes a nice screen. You have the smaller camellias that make it a foundation plant. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a great choice. So all you have to do, ladies and gents, if you want to take advantage of this 20% off sale at Pike Nursery, go to the cashier with about a load of five or six maybe camellias and say, hey, my Walter and Mickey said this was 20% off. This is the Pike Pick, and they'll give you that discount, and you can go home and plant them, and that would be terrific. That would be great. So how would any suggestions on how to plant them make you think some tips I for think success? They just need, they need to be, ooh, I'm sorry. You heard that announcement there, Pike. They need to be in um, well-drained soil. That's the most important thing, well-drained organic soil. You can use the Pike um, planting mix, does great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they, it, I think the, the japonicas do better in a little bit of shade, filtered sun, or part shade, okay. and the sasanquas do better in a little more sun. And if you were to describe the difference in flowers between a sasanqua camellia and a japonica camellia, how would you describe that? I would say that japonica is more upright, and it's got larger leaves and larger right. blooms, and it blooms typically in the wintertime from January on, January through really early April. We've got sure. some that bloom later. And the Sasanquas are more open and less formal looking. They've got smaller flowers and um, and the plants get huge and they'll do in full sun a lot of Man, them. Great. And one yeah. called Yuletide loves the sun. I cannot say the word Yuletide camellia without smiling. I know. Because it is such a spectacular <laughs> blooming shrub. It's white by the gate and Yuletide, both of which I just think are just spectacular camellias. They do great. 
I like that. I, and my two favorites are, you know, I always I ask you your favorite. My two favorites are banana, um, Bonanza for a shorter one. Uh-huh. And our three favorites, it's like my grandkids, whichever one I'm with, I like the best. But <laughs> right. um, the debutante, uh-huh. it's a big pink one that blooms real early. It's a, uh-huh. a japonica that blooms early. And then uh, Kramer Supreme. And Bob Kramer's like those two. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful plants. They 20% are. off. How can you resist going to Pike Nursery? All locations today, 20% off for the uh, camellias as well as the herb class starting at 9 o'clock just a few minutes from now all Pike and get Nursery's a hot offering dog too. that and get the hot dog too right. my gosh go to Pike Nursery and have some fun today Mickey it's great talking to you where would we find information about classes and locations and stuff like that at pikenursery.com of course we would be Mickey sure it's great talking to the you discount when you oh, yeah. uh, get the camellia be sure and tell the cashier that is the discounted 20% off on everything. Mickey, it's great right. talking to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you Saturday. 404 Real quickly, we'll get you in this morning. Uh, Jerry is up and coming, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What's up? I've got, uh, I've got a sick Nellie R. Stevens tree. We've, uh, we've got three uh, plants or probably 15 years old. Two of them look really good with dark green leaves. The, uh, yeah. the other one is uh, leaves are turning yellow and actually dropping. Wow. All over the plant or just two or three here and there? Oh, not, uh, not all over the plant yet. Just, uh, just a few uh, that are dropping, but they are turning yellow. The leaves are turning yellow on the tree itself. And if, I were, if you were to describe for me, is it the interior yellows that are interior leaves that are turning yellow, or is it the tip leaves that are turning yellow? Looks like the tip leaves are turning yellow. Um, that is not the greatest news. I'm saying I'm asking you those questions because I had a talk that I did to the Marietta Garden Club this past week. Had a fabulous audience there at the Marietta Garden Club at their garden center there on. Uh, was it Kennesaw Avenue, I think it is, in Marietta? And okay. one of the things that I pointed out to them was that soon people would be calling on the radio show saying, my holly has yellow leaves. And I was thinking maybe you might be one of the first to ask the question, Jerry, but typically it's going to be interior leaves, the older leaves turning yellow, but the tip being green. That's normal behavior for hollies, gardenias, magnolias maybe, uh, where the tips will be green and the interior turns yellow. So go look at it again. If it turns out that the whole tree is yellow, then that is more than likely some environmental problem, something to do with water on the ground underneath, uh, too much mulch, um, even could be a weird thing like a vole has chewed around the bottom of the trunk and just chewed it away, but you get to do a little investigation by going underneath the tree and seeing what the root system looks like. That is where your problem lies, I think. Okay. Is there, is there anything I should put on or around the uh, the base of the tree? Not until we know what it is. What causes it? It'd be wasting of time to not know what you're doing or not knowing what causes it. But when you have found out what the cause is, you can call me back or tell me more symptoms if you want to. Next Saturday, call me back and say, oh, I went out, I found this, I found that, and we'll talk further about it. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Walter. All right, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. I need to call my engineer Lorenzo up here because my computer says is attempting to reconnect which generally means bad things for a lawn and garden show because we can't connect with it. Speaking of things we can talk about right now, think about the thing we do right now. On line five is who, uh, Scott? Yes, sir. Scott again. Who's on line five? 
That'd be Larry waiting for you there, Larry, sir. let's talk to Larry then. Larry's on line five. Hey, Larry, good morning. Got to connect him up, Scott. I'm in Melville, and um, I'm calling about mounds, rows of mounds. Oh, sure. Breaking up the ground. Yeah. What is that? Uh, probably ground bees. Do you see little bees coming out of it? Out of the you know, individual? They're rolled all over the, my front lawn. About They run at least about 20, 25 feet. And about uh, just breaking the surface. Ah. The you think it may be like a tunnel that something's underneath the ground, tunnel, maybe, yeah. Larry? Ah, that's moles. Moles. M-O-L-E. Mole. And the mole. They're, they're coming out of their hibernation for the wintertime, and they are hungry, hungry, hungry. And they're looking for all the grubs and earthworms and anything that's an insect or used to be an insect. Or I don't know what a worm is, but it's not an insect. But anyway, they eat worms, they eat grubs, and they're hungry. They tunnel under the ground and they make those long tunnels in the ground. And I advised somebody earlier this morning, Larry, that the easiest thing to do simply is to stomp down the tunnels with your shoes and call it a day. That's what you do for moles. Just stomp down and call it a day. Yeah. Do not worry about traps and poisons and things like that. You'll rarely be effective with them. Stomp down the tunnels and drive them away. Okay. Thank you very much. Nothing to it. Thanks for calling, Larry. Have a great one. Coming to the phone, we got... Jebediah is in coming, Georgia. I had to take a minute to spell that out here. Jebediah, hey, good morning. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. How can I help? Um, I was told by some sod companies um, I'm going to put Xeon Zoysia down. Great. Um, and they said I could put it down now. Um, I looked at your lawn care calendar, and it's not till May is when I'm supposed to put it down. Yeah, the lawn care calendar is sort of a best case kind of thing. The best time to put down sod is in May. But if you prepare the soil correctly, and hopefully your side company says we're going to come out and till it a little bit, we're going to rake it smooth, and we're going to lay the side on top of it, as long as you, Brother Jebediah, can make sure it does not get dried out between now and May, it's okay. It's okay to lay the side now. Okay. Um, well, I was going to do all the prep work and probably do most of the laying, pretty much all the laying with, with right. a bunch of friends. And right. uh, I was told about two inches of good topsoil. I'm getting a landscaper's mix, which is half topsoil, half flower mix is what it's called. Perfect. And then till that in. And is that enough? And Oh, man, uh, that's going to be more than enough. That's terrific, Jebediah. That's fine. You love it. Okay. Okay, uh, and, you, and there's the sunlight. I was told that was also the most shade-tolerant zoysia because I do have um, maybe four hours of sunlight and then filtered sun after that. Is that enough sun? You're on the margins. You okay. really should have six hours to make most zoysias happy. And the Xeon that you're putting down will be okay in four hours, but it's going to have a little problem with weeds in places where it just isn't quite thick enough to fight weeds away. And so be very good about, on that same lawn calendar that you saw, be very good about putting out uh, pre-emergent in the fall and pre-emergent in the spring and fertilizing appropriately and just making sure that zoysia has all the advantages, even going so far as to trim up some of the limbs on your tree to give it more sunshine because you're right marginally appropriate for zoysia grass to grow. Okay, okay. Um, that, was, that was pretty much uh, all I need right. to know then. That and a case of beer is all you need to get your friends out there to help you lay that side. That is the payment, yes. <laughs> I knew it was. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Jebediah. All right, thank you. All right, we'll see you soon. If others want to know how to lay side correctly, I have a whole series of slides and pictures on my website.
just type Zoysia sod or Bermuda sod or whatever you want to lay. And if you want to see that calendar that Jebediah was talking about, if you type lawn calendars, the plural, lawn calendars, into my search line on WalterReeves.com, you get that lawn calendar and tell you what to do. Right now it's 848. We'll be back to more lawn and garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, it's going to have scattered thunder showers perhaps during the day. Nothing to really, really worry about. It's going to be in the mid-70s throughout the day. Lows overnight in the low 40s, as you know. Probably getting a little chilly Monday, Tuesday. Keep that in mind as you garden this weekend and think about whether you need to protect your plants or not. Ashley Frasca now has been thinking for three hours of a number between 2 and 7 to determine who wins our weekend prize pack, which is a family four-pack of tickets to an upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game at the Infinite Energy Center. A pair of tickets to see Luke Bryan in concert at May 20th at Lakewood Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation. And a pair of tickets to see Harry Connick Jr. in concert June 11th at Chastain Park Amphitheater, again produced by Live Nation. Ashley Frasca, who is going to win? Number three. Number three. Caller number three to 404 740 404-741-0750. Third caller. Gets our weekend prize back. Last caller we got in here is Lewis and Marietta with a question about sassafras. Lewis, good morning. Morning, Walter. I got a spot in my yard for a, a place to plant a tree, and I've looked at your book, The 50 Trees for Georgia. Uh, the ones that catch my eye are the sassafras and the ginkgo, maybe even the Florida maple. I'm about oh, yeah. 10 feet away from my driveway. What do you think? Oh, I'm thinking the gears are grinding right now. And then um, are these readily available at, at Pikes or the big box guys, or do I have to track down a nursery? Sassafras will not be, sadly, but I would love for you to plant it simply because it's a small tree that's gorgeous and has pretty leaves and pretty fall color, but, man, finding it's going to be tough, and it's a little touchy on survivability, so I'm going to lead you away from sassafras. How many feet away from the driveway? Ten. Ten feet? that Florida maple, that's going to be a little biggish for the driveway there. And what was your third choice? Ginkgo. Another one's going to be pretty big. Can I persuade you, can I sell you a Coosa dogwood? Coosa? Coosa dogwood would be awful nice. would be right there by the driveway. Flowers in May, pretty fall color, disease resistant. Um, flowers in May, Coosa dogwood. Okay. You think that's readily available? I can guarantee it's readily available. Pike has one every day. Yes, sir. And I planted one 10 days ago, nine days ago now in my backyard. So I know Coosa Dogwood is going to be a good thing for me. You know, you can get sassafras uh, over the Internet, I looked. What do you think of that? I think go for it and let me know two years from now how it works out for you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you, partner. Ask me how many I have planted in my life. Four. Ask me how many survived. Zero. I'm not so good on the sassafras, even though I enjoy the plant and the little thickets where it naturally grows. Walter somehow does not have the sassafras green thumb. It's been a great Saturday morning. I have enjoyed being here with my friend Lorenzo Kemp, the engineer who does not sleep. Four hours of sleep last night. Four hours of sleep tonight. Keeping us on the air. Pat Tedeschi, of course, is our promotions director on site. 
Ashley Frasca screened our call. Scott and Maxim kept us on the air, which is a good thing to do when you have a radio show. If you didn't get your question answered, of course, you can go to my website, WalterReeves.com. I'll be in Jefferson this morning, this afternoon, 11 to 1 in Jefferson, Georgia, Foliage Fest. I'll see you right here next Saturday morning for another edition of, you guessed it, Lawn and Garden. See you then.